Welcome to the Author Blur Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Maynard. So, on this episode, I have a returning guest, Amber Brudeau, and we had a great conversation about her third book, which is the second in a series. So, with that being said, you should listen to what her and I discuss because, well, why wouldn't you? Secondly, go to authorblurb.com where you can find all the show notes, all the podcast information, basically find everything you want to find about either Amber, other guests that we've had, other guests that might be coming up, and articles that some of these guests, some of these authors have written for your enjoyment. So I try to give you what I can. I hope you do enjoy it. Other than that, that's about as far as I can go. And also, Go check out the links for Amber to get more of her information on the books that she's written, the things that she's trying to entertain you with, because from what I'm gathering, the stories sound interesting. They sound like something that would keep you on your toes. So that's why I had her on again is because her stories sound like they're stories that would keep you interested. So as always, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate a lot of things, especially you sharing and telling people about the show, which is how I grow. And the more I grow, the more authors want to be on. And the more authors that want to be on, the more books you can find that you will want to read. So let's try to balance it out. Let's try to make sure that we all have what we want. I have guests to talk to. You find books that you want to read. And you can also read and find stuff on authorblurb.com because you know, that's where you go. Where at authorblurb.com, you can find the podcast, find different places that the show is being able to either be viewed if you're only listening, or where you can also find all the places that you can listen to it on different podcasting streaming services. In theory, you should be able to listen to it on every one of them. I think I have most of all of them covered as far as I'm aware. So with that being said, I'm going to cut it to the end of this you don't really want to listen to me talk all too much. I think you're here more to listen to Amber, and that's what I'm going to switch over to. So thank you again. Enjoy and share, review, tell people. Send me a message telling me what you think. I love to hear from you, and I look forward to it. So thank you. Bye. So I am here with Amber Boudreaux, and we're here discussing her three books. Now, if you haven't listened to all the episodes, you might want to go back to episode 13, where Amber and I discussed her first two books, The Second Nature and The Dragon Ear. Now, today, Amber is going to give us a quick overview of Second Nature and The Dragon Ear, and then we're going to discuss her new book that's out that just came out October 3rd. October 3rd, correct? Yes, October 3rd. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's do this. For the people that haven't listened to all my episodes as they should have, let, let's let have you give a quick introduction of yourself so people can get to know you, and then we'll go into your books. Great. Great, Eric. Um, so my name is Amber Boudreaux, and I write youth and adult fantasy. And um, as you mentioned, uh, we can start with Second Nature. It wasn't my first book, but it, it was the second. Um and it is, uh, if you like werewolves and shifters, that is uh, what Second Nature is about. We follow Mavis um, as she tries to discover who she is and what she is. So um, that's Second Nature. And then my first book was is The Dragoneer. And that came out in September of 
2020. And it is a, I've lately started to think of it as more of a how to drain, how to train your dragon ear um, <laughs> type book, except it's still told from um, a 15 year old Moira's point of view and uh, how she was bitten by a dragon and how she came to have these uh, uh, magical powers and how she has to squire the dragon and help him find a way home. So now just as one thing that I remember from our last conversation, when you say the dragon bit her, it mm-hmm. was no bigger than a salamander when it bit her, but ended up growing to a full size. So I do remember that because I remember when you first told me, I'm sitting there going, well, most dragons are pretty darn large. Right, right, exactly. Good memory. Um, yeah, so in the book, uh, he he bites her right after he's hatched so he's not he's not very big at all um i actually maybe even have him a little bigger than a salamander maybe the size of a of a small cat um uh, when uh uh, when he bites her when he catches up with her again he's he's grown to maybe the size of a small dog um but then he asks her to find him fire rocks and she does and uh, uh, of course he eats those and he he gets quite a bit bigger from there (laughs) So yeah, mm-hmm. I understand. So let's let's go a quick review over Dragon Ear just so people can get it. So then we can go e- much easier into your series to your sure. second book. And by the way, what is the name of your second book? Uh, the second book is called The Dragon Ear and the Pretender. The Pretender. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna be interested in finding out more about that. So in the Dragon Ear, mm-hmm. so it's more uh, or more. I am horrible with names. It's okay. That's a tough one. Moira. Yeah. Yes. Moira. I just, I can't get it right. I don't know why my tongue is not completely there today yet, but your main, char- your main character starts off. If I remember correctly in ho- being homeschooled because of some trauma she dealt with and she's yeah. trying to integrate herself back into public school when all this is starting out. Correct. Right, right. She had to leave school for a time because she did have some, uh, she had some anxiety issues uh, stemming from the sudden loss of her, of her father. It wasn't a a traumatic um, accident or anything like that. Her father had an unknown, an undiagnosed heart condition. And one day he, he just succumbed to it um, unexpectedly. So, but uh, perhaps just because of the manner in which he, he passed, she has some, um, she starts to have some anxiety and uh, panic attacks associated with that. And so she sort of, she does, she leaves school for a while, um, public school, she's, so she's homeschooled for a bit, but it's, um, by the time she gets to high school, she's ready to start going back to school. So she's she's sort of had a freshman year um, at the high school and she's now starting her sophomore year. And she's, she's connected with a few friends, um, but, making those reconnections has been difficult. So she's more into her schoolwork and uh, focusing on that. So it's it's simple. It's easy for her to be working on a project and being out in the woods and trying to trying to get that uh, finished and out of the way, uh, trying to be um, ahead of schedule, as it were. But um, that's where she runs into. That's where she runs runs into ends up meeting this this um, dragon, this creature that she discovers in a cave. So, yeah, 
All right. And as she's doing it, she's trying, she also starts developing magic from the dragon bite. So it's not the dragon just has a habit of biting her. There was, yeah. it did have a reason to pass on magic to her was the, if that was correct. Right, right. In this, in this world, um, uh, ma- dragons are just innately magical beings. So when he, uh, when he bit her, um, he sort of imbued her with these abilities that she doesn't recognize that she has right away but through her um through her reconnecting with um uh, a mentor figure she's able to uh to sort of learn start to learn and understand what she's capable of so yeah okay and through the first one the dragon ear sure. what does she really i refresh my memory if you would because it has been a little bit since we spoke so what is she trying to fight against what is the big challenge that she's faced in this book is there like a she's just trying to come to terms with who she is or is there an external force that she has to battle what what are we looking at here you're right there there's a there's a bit of that um there's a bit of both so yes internally she's struggling with these with this panic um or with this anxiety of having uh run across an honest to god fantastical creature that needs her help um yeah that that shouldn't exist in this world but does and not only does he exist he talks and he asks her for help so um she's she's got to deal with that um and then uh and then externally there there is an there are trolls um that have been sent to uh, basically get rid of Zephyr um, or kill kill the dragon. His name is Zephyr. She names him. He asks her for a name, and she says, "How about Zephyr?" So um, yes, Zephyr is the name of the dragon. And uh, so yeah, so now that she's got this, she has this external threat of keeping Zephyr safe from this troll from trolls. Um, and uh, on top of that, there's a mysterious figure who's appeared in the library, who goes by the name of the librarian i know um so she has this librarian who tells her that if she doesn't keep the dragon safe then it's not just going to be his life on the line but hers as well so she is she is now linked to this to this dragon so she she knows she has to help him and what she thinks that means is that she has to help him find a way home she has to help him get back to where he came from all right so that sounds good so yeah now we're going into the Dragoneer and the Pretender. Right, the Dragoneer so and the Pretender. Where do we start off with the Dragoneer and the Pretender? Right. So, um, for me as a writer, uh, sort of just made sense to just pick it right back up where right where we left off at the very end of the Dragoneer. So, um, a Dragoneer and the Pretender starts pretty much right where the Dragoneer ended. So. Um, uh, which is with Moira visiting her mentor in the hospital, where actually he's just woken up from a coma, and she's there with him when he has an unexpected warning, and he uh, he knows that something is is occurring and that she needs to she needs to go, and. Uh, so she, Moira, you know, running out of the hospital, um, trying to find her friend who she knows this, um, a character, not the, uh, the captain of the trolls from the last book. There are the trolls that are trying to kill, 
to kill Zephyr. And then there's the captain of the trolls who's giving them their orders. So she knows she's got to protect um, not only Zephyr from them, but also her friend, uh, Ansel, who uh, is in the first book. She has to protect him from not only the trolls, but the captain of the trolls, who seems to be under the misconception that Ansel is the Dragoneer when he is not. Uh, Moira is the Dragoneer. So due to his mistake, uh, he actually kidnaps the wrong people. Um, he, He not only kidnaps Ansel, he also kidnaps his twin brother, Aaron. So he he's doubly mistaken. He he's he's confused, but he's he's operating on under some misconceptions, which unfortunately leads to Moira and Zephyr's friends being kidnapped. So once they're taken, Moira and Zephyr have to get them back. Okay, so now at the beginning of the Dragoneer, Moira is fifteen years old. Yes. Right. Yep. So how old is she in the second book? Is she's she actually, still fifteen, or she's still she... she's still fifteen? Yeah, she's uh, it the, because of the because of the way it starts picks up right where it left off. She's she's still fifteen. Yep. All right. So the first book takes it all starts and takes place within the a year span, basically. Um, not even a year. It's a very accelerated span of time. Um, okay. Yeah. So actually, the first book probably takes place over a span of a couple weeks. Um, three of the most, um, maybe, maybe a little longer if we go back to the, the very initial, um, bite when, when Zephyr bites her. Uh, so yeah, this book too also, um, takes place over just a very, um, condensed part of amount of time, a couple, a couple of weeks, but it is, um, it is what you would call a portal fantasy. So, um, Basically, since they've kidnapped her friends, Moira and Zephyr have to travel to his world of origin, uh, where Zephyr came from, to get them back. All right. So when you say portal fantasy, because there's a ton of categories out there nowadays on all these books. So portal fantasy is basically where you have to travel through a portal to get somewhere to be able to take action, correct? Yes. Yeah. Is there any more to it, or is that just the gist of it there? So, again, I'm not familiar with portal fantasy myself. I think um, a portal fantasy is, I mean, I, whether it's a, I don't know if it's, uh, whether it's a, a, a portal per se, or a door that they have to walk through, or um, some sort of time slipstream, something. Um, right. But yes, they have to go somewhere else. They have to um, go to a different world, and that's uh, that's what they do in this book, yes. Okay, and what world do they end up going to? I mean, is it in the same dimension? Is it far, far off in the galaxy? Is it? Is it a? I don't know. I mean, what could it possibly be? It could possibly be an alternate universe, maybe where dinosaurs never went extinct, or um, it could be <laughs> just an alternate reality. Yeah. No, no. I mean, with the Dragoneer, oh. where. Where oh. did she go through? So I understand. I I think I understand the portal concept now. Gotcha. But gotcha. with her, when she went through the portal or through the gateway, wherever she went through, mm-hmm. did she go to another dimension, another timeline? Where did she end up going? Um. Uh. She ends up in a world not unlike the one that she left. Only that 
this is one where dragons exist uh, and they work alongside man. So um, dragon and man have, have come to work together. Um, she actually lands in a field, in a cultivated field that um, they make reference to uh, the, the wyverns or the dragons working. She goes into a city where there are extra large sidewalks um, because there are dragons walking down the side of it. Um, they're also they're also hitched to wagons. They're um, they're pulling goods and service uh, pulling goods through the town. Um, so uh, in the city that they end up in, which is uh, uh, called Farago, they uh, they run across a constable who is a, who is also a dragon. So all right. So are all the dragons in the story intelligent, or is there different types and kinds of dragons? Um, all of the dragons that we run into are fairly, um, yes, intelligent. Uh, they're, the problem is actually that comes up later in the book is that they are, all, dragons are considered fairly noble creatures. Um, so uh, they, they're all, all the dragons that we run into are um, intelligent and uh, contribute to uh, society in some way. So, yes. Okay. So now with that, what does the main character, because there obviously is a pretender, another character, is the pretender the villain or is the pretender somebody that's trying to help her? Uh, the pretender is more of a puppet, um, a political puppet. Uh, that's So Moira gets into, Moira really falls into it. She's, she's being hunted by this magician who... Um, seems to have realized his mistake after having kidnapped Ansel and Aaron. So whatever seems to have the correct intel now and is seeking her and, and Zephyr. So she has that to deal with. She has more trolls. <clears throat> Pardon me. She has, there are more trolls to deal with. There are also, uh, there is also an imp army that is being bred by this pretender uh, to the throne. Um, and uh, the throne is, is um, it, <laughs> he's a pretender to the throne of another city that's uh, um, ca- Castle Turn, which, is, which exists a fair bit of distance from where Moira lands in this new world. So, so of course, so it's now we're, we're on the road. So we have, we have, we have uh, a girl and her dragon and traveling to where she thinks her friends are so that she can get them back. So along the way, she's going to run into goblins. She's going to run into, she's going to learn about the imps. She's going to, she has those things to face off against. And she has this magician who is ultimately um, the bad guy who has installed this, the son of the regent on the throne and who is, who is the pretender. So they, she, she has him to go up against as well. All right. So now, now I, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I do apologize, but I do have a question that's running through my head right now. Uh-oh. So with the second one, the Dragoneer and the Pretender, mm-hmm. it's a, it has a world full of dragons and people working with dragons. Mm-hmm. What is it that the main character Mora and Zephyr makes them special or different uh-huh. from all the people in this realm that they're in. Ah, so um, Mag- uh, Moira is is still a dragon bit dragonair, which makes her a good deal different um, than than the than the dragons and dragonairs that work alongside each other there. Um, 
So that's still still that's still something that doesn't happen very frequently. In fact, it's happened less and less frequently. So she's this dragon bit dragoneer, and that's that's not even common there. Okay, so with yeah. that, that makes it a whole nother realm of um abilities that she has over others is there a re is there a reason or is it just it doesn't happen because people aren't around dragons when they hatch or i'm just curious on where that starts out from uh, yeah you've hit upon um the the reason why is that um they uh with the when they hatch and they're not around their own kind they sort of have an instinct that takes over um and they're driven to sort of uh bite uh, human so um that that's that's what happened so yeah exactly yeah. so be, we're in in the world they travel to there are there are clutches of eggs and things and when dragons hatch they're around other dragons but um what happened in moira's case or zephyr's case is that when he hatched there was no one else there was no one else around okay well that makes sense then yeah. so how did do you talk about how Zephyr ended up into the same world as Mora if it's a different realm? Ah, uh, yeah. Thanks. We're getting to that. That's going to come oh. in the third book. I appreciate okay. that. <laughs> so I have thought about that. Um, that is a, that is a story we're going to have to save for the third book. So understand. Yeah. Well, at least we know there's a third book coming. I'm working on it right now. <laughs> well, that's very good to hear. Yeah. So what actually made you decide to go from the first book into the second book because other than the publisher saying you know we want another book was there something else because you could have said no i don't feel i want to continue on this way what was it that made you say i want to keep going with the dragon ear right um i think i just had more story to tell um with the way it ended i was like i could i could keep going this could this could happen. Um, and, and I don't, that's funny that you're, you think your publisher is like, Hey, we want a sequel. I don't think anybody ever has said that. <laughs> it's just like, guess what? <laughs> We're getting a sequel. <laughs> so, surprise. Um, uh, but when I did say I had the sequel and I did send it to my publisher, I think they were excited. Um, and, and, and Dragon Street Press has been, um, uh, awesome with working with me on the sequel. They've been very helpful, and uh, we've we've done things a different way than I have with other publishers. So it's been it's been it's been fun, and it's been a great experience to to work with them on it. Um, they have a cover for the second one, which I have not had time to to post, but I will. I'm happy to share this with you, hopefully, on your screen for yeah. this the cover for the Dragoneer and the Pretender coming October 3rd. Uh, I'm very excited. It's a great cover. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, everybody having a chance to read it there. Um, yeah. I just, I thought there was more story to tell. So I was like, all right, let's try to, let's try to tell it. And then, and I, even now with the third one, I was like, I, there's, there's more. So it, it's very interesting to, um, to sort of pick it up with the sequel and move forward and introduce new characters and build the world where, where they're going um, and to see how their relationships shift and change over time. So it's, it's been an interesting um, endeavor. All right. So, and with that, I think last time we talked, you described yourself as a pantser, which means 
everything you write, you write on the go, and then you go back and just edit the living daylights out of it. So, <laughs> uh, I like to think <laughs> I like to think I actually draw like from from both worlds of of, of pantsing or uh, plotters, right? Right. Yeah, I um I read I think I read somewhere it's like if you want to write fast and well I was like yeah that's what I want to do I want to write fast and I want to write well I was like well maybe you should have an outline so um I not that I'm writing from an outline but I think in my head I have an outline that I'm I'm working from and when something happens I'm more than happy to ditch that outline and substitute the a new one and to work right. from that one instead so I think it's a, a yeah I'm a little bit of both um because I I think I know where I think I know I think I know where things are going and it's always a surprise sometimes so right and that's the one thing I find with my writing is it's always fun to kind of say, oh, I didn't realize that was happening or I didn't realize this or that. It's always right. an interesting, I said, I'm the pantser type person myself. Sure. It's also the reason I have a stack of longer than my arm of stories I've started and just kind of pushed aside. Right, so, right. I have I, a, um, a, a writer friend in my writing group who is like, I've decided to start with theme. <laughs> she's like, I'm going, she's going to get the theme down first before she starts writing this story. I was like, okay, <laughs> I was like, let me know how that goes. So, yeah. yeah, that, that'd be interesting. So it is, I mean, I think it's always something good to have in the back of your mind, but right. like, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. If you can take it and uh, shake it and invert it and make it do what you want it to do. Good. Good. More power to you. And that's the one great thing about having so many different writing styles and writers is you do end up with so many different types of stories. I mean, right. just from the authors I've spoken with on this episode on, not this episode, I'm sorry, from this, no worries. <laughs> from this show alone, the way people come up with stories, the things that they bring to their stories are things that one, I would never have thought about their life experience brings a whole lot different telling of they could have a similar story of Romeo and Juliet and end up having each author would have a different way of telling it. Right. So, right. yeah. So what is it in your life that brought, or I guess the better question is, is what in your life do you put into the story that brings you connected to the stories of the dragon ears? Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that that idea of, um, I think everybody's always, I think, doesn't everybody always want their own dragon? I mean, <laughs> well, uh, it would be fun. I mean, I remember the never ending story with, um, oh, Falcor. Yes. <laughs> I mean, ever since a kid, I always wish I had a little dragon to ride around in. It would make yeah. traffic a heck of a lot better. Right, right. <laughs> um, I think, you know, right up there with like Treehouse mm -hmm. was Dragon. Uh, <laughs> so I think those two things are really uh what i'm shooting for um so no i i yeah yeah i i just i think i like the idea of um you know uh, there's a character who is uh, a little reserved and um has been through the, this trauma so she she has experience dealing with things that would otherwise make people panic or fly off the handle or dissolve into a puddle uh, and she, she, she knows what that's like. So she, she has that experience. She knows how to maybe, she knows when she 
she knows when she maybe needs to go to pieces and when she needs to keep it together. Um, so she's sort of able to deal kind of with, with this fantastical notion that this beast has bitten her and now she can do amazing things. But um, what she needs to do is to help him, uh, well, at first get back home and then, and then, um, and then help get her friends back from wherever his home is. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like that idea. I, I wasn't, um, it, and it wasn't so much that like, I think when Zephyr bit her that she, he imbued her with, you know, certain magical abilities because he is a magical creature, Right. but, uh, they don't do magic themselves, but they're just innately magical beings. But I also think that when he bit her, I think he got, I think he got a little bit more, a little bit moirid versus her, him just being, uh, just maintaining all of his dragon status quo. I think, I think you see a little bit of um, a pair, their personalities reflected in each other a little bit. So uh, it, it's interesting to kind of write that dynamic. And so, um, yeah, it's interesting to see how it evolves over time understand and if i remember correctly and forgive me if this was second nature or the drag drag near but there was a love interest where and i thought it was the twins that the main care more the main character was sure. attracted to so right. is yeah. this dragonier and what ended up is she still trying to figure things out with that or what's going on there right um uh so yeah by the time we hit the second book um her and Ansel, who has been her friend, um, okay. have kind of parted ways. And she is um, she is seeing Aaron. I mean, as in they're friendly. I don't know if they're, I don't know if you, we want to want to, I don't know if we want to put a label on things, Eric. I don't want to say they're boyfriend, girlfriend, <laughs> but like, um, but like, you know, she'd probably be okay with that. No, um, I think <laughs> she's, she's trying to figure it out. I think she's, um, she's happy. I think she's happy that Aaron is talking to her and she's happy to um, reconnect with him and, and see where things go. But at the same time, she's sort of, she's sort of grieving that um, lost friendship with, with Ansel. So, um, and it's, you know, to add to the fact that they're both twins, it just adds another layer of, um, you know, difficulty to things. So, um, but as we as we go forward in the Dragoneer and the Pretender, he um, we actually discover that something might have happened um, that would cause Aaron to show an interest in Moira um, that we might not have been expecting. So there, there's right. that to look forward to. All right, nice. So and then here's another question: Is sure. Moira's 15 years old? Right. She's not old enough to drive, but she's old enough to know right from wrong and all the things that she's doing. Right. Was there a specific reason that you chose 15 where you couldn't have the cars involved? You couldn't have, a, there's a lot more limitations on things she could do where even as a 16 year old, she would have a couple more, I guess, options in what she can and can't do. Is there a reason you said, you know, 15 is that age where this story needs to take place? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Driving was a, uh, considered <laughs> she, cause Moira doesn't drive, but Ansel and Aaron do. So, uh, yeah, that was, it, it was an age where I felt like she wanted freedoms. And so she, she took them any way she could going, you know, leaving the house, going for walks, um, 
she's basically on her own to get to and from school um, any way she can. But yeah, but limited in the way that no, she doesn't have access to a motor vehicle and she doesn't have and she doesn't have a driver's license either. So, right. yeah, uh, which is always an interesting um, uh, thing we have to, to, to get around. Always an interesting uh, element to, to work around in a story, because as I write the third one, I was like, well, she's got to get there. How is she going to get there? So it's very it's like because she don't drive. So, yeah. So that that question has come up not only in the. Um, not so much in the second one, but definitely in the in the third book that I'm writing, it's it's uh, it's reared its head. So yeah. All right. So, yeah. I mean, what else can you tell us between the Dragoneer and the Dragoneer and Pretender that would actually, if somebody's not already a fan of you, would make them say, you know, I need to pick up this book, these this series. Yeah. Well, I I appreciate it. Um. So. I will say that my publisher has called The Dragoneer or The Pretender a standalone sequel. So he would say you probably don't necessarily need to read the first one to understand what's going on in the second book. You could just pick it up and find and get sucked into the story. Um, uh, but I would say if you're interested, you could check out The Dragoneer and see how it all kicked off and see how it started. Um, yeah, they. I, I'm excited to share the books with everybody. Um, they, you know, they take a a look at what uh, the uh, Mori's character and what somebody would do in that situation. So as fantastic as it seems, um, but yeah, uh, I, anybody I think who's a fan of dragons, um, like I said, the first one is a little bit um, how to train your dragoneer in this case, but by the second one, you know, it's it's have tra- have dragon will travel. So she's she's got uh, a mission and she's got to get her friends back in the second one and she's gonna do that in any way she can. So yeah, and then she's gotta go. She's gonna go up against trolls. She's gonna go up against imps. She's an army of of imps. She's gonna go up against uh, an evil magician. And on top of all that, she's got she's got to deal with politics. So uh, uh, it's a lot. Uh, who wants to deal with politics? Uh. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's like all of these are bad, and then and then they also have politics. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So what other creatures besides the trolls, the goblins, and imps, and dragons, obviously, are being able to be discovered in this other world? Uh, well, actually, she does up along the way um, saves the life of a half fae uh so a halfling she mm-hmm. saves she saves his life his his name is Yurion, and he ends up traveling with them so um she does come to his aid and sort of in in response to that he feels that he needs to he needs to uh repay that debt so he thinks that he should travel with them for some time so yeah. Um, so we also have uh, a little bit of introduction to uh, Fae or the halfling. And I should say uh, imps in this case are also the products of, of Fae and humans. So um, just to put that out there as well. But Yurion uh, is a halfling. So his mother was Fae. Uh, so that's how he and so he looks more human than an imp would. So okay. that's that's how they end up traveling together. Hmm. Well, that sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. So now, obviously, I imagine you have plenty to do for today, and I don't want to take up too much of your time. I'm very happy I got to speak with you about your third book coming out, the second in the Dragoneer series. Where, other than authorblurb.com, where I have all your information, where do you think people should best find you if they want to 
find your books, find, contact you, ask you questions or what so have you. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Uh, so, of course, everything is available at the giant umbrella of things that is Amazon. So um, we, we, we know that thing, things can be found there. Um, but wherever fine, uh, fine books are sold, I guess, is what they used to say, right? <laughs> right? I haven't heard that in forever. Wherever fine books are sold. Um, so, yeah, you can find them. At, you can go to your local bookstore and request it there. They, I'm sure they would be happy to order it for you. Um, but yes, ebooks are probably going to be relegated to that to that Amazon world. But um, there, you can find them on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, anywhere really. Uh, also on online, I'm I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. I I have since since we last spoke, I uh, started an author page. So author Amber Boudreaux um uh page or i all those handles are at an amber author so you should be you can find me anywhere facebook instagram twitter i i do have a website um with an email address people can drop me questions or lines i'm always happy to connect with readers mostly because um i want to find out what they're reading because i'm always looking for something good <laughs> i understand well that sounds perfect so Sounds like there's, if somebody's having problems finding you, it's their own fault because you sound like you're out there enough. I try. And if you're listening to the show, obviously you have all the links in the show notes or at your profile on authorblurb.com. So again, I do appreciate you being here. We're going to end the conversation for everybody else, but as before, just hold on and we'll talk a little bit more. Sure. Sounds great. Thank you, Eric. Thank you.